0: Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Terry, and I want to welcome you to Summit Church Fenton's Midweek Bible Study. It's so good to be with you here this evening. I'm so glad you joined me. You know, it's an honor for me to get to to share the Word of God with you here on Wednesday evenings, and uh, I trust these Wednesday evening Bible studies are a blessing to you. Hey, what I'm going to do this evening is I'm going to look at a controversial uh, subject. In fact, this evening I'm going to uh, I cover one controversial subject, and then next Wednesday evening, I'm going to cover another very controversial subject. Uh, tonight, I'm going to look at the subject of homosexuality. And then next Wednesday evening, I'm going to look at the subject of abortion. Again, two very controversial issues. And uh, what I want to do is go into the Word of God and show you what the Word of God has to say about each of these uh, very controversial subjects. Uh, you know, I've had Christians uh, say to me over the years, "You know, Pastor Terry, I, I know that homosexuality is wrong. I know that abortion is wrong, but I don't really know the, you know, the scriptures. What, what, what does the Bible actually say about these two subjects?" So that's what I'm going to do this evening and the next Wednesday evening. And I want you to know, uh, my heart's intent is to just be a blessing. I, I mean in no way to beat anyone over the head or, 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 you know, put anyone down or anything like that, bash anyone. That's not my intent. My intent is just to lovingly share the word of God with you concerning these two subjects of homosexuality and abortion. And let's just see what the word of God has to say about each. Okay, so with that being said, let's get in to the subject of homosexuality. Uh, of course, another word for that is the word gay. And, you know, words change over the, over the years. You know, back in the 1920s, 1930s, I guess back in there, the word gay was used, I think, pretty commonly. And it meant, you know, to be jovial or cheerful or, you know, that sort of thing. Of course, you know, a hundred years later, here in 2020, uh the word gay means uh uh it means homo to be homosexual and uh of course i assume everybody knows what what being homosexual or gay is but in, in case there's someone listening who doesn't it's it's people of the same gender having sexual relations with one another men having sex with men or women having sex with women Okay. And of course, women having sex with women, that's known as, as, as lesbianism. Okay. And so, uh, I want to get into the Word of God and just let's see what the Word of God has to say about this subject of, you know, homosexuality, being gay, being lesbian. What does the Word of God have to say about it? So let's go to Genesis, the first chapter. Let's look at, uh, God's creation and how God, uh, 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 started everything out. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Now notice this, male and female, he created them. So God didn't create two men. He didn't create two women. He created a man and a woman. We know them as Adam and Eve, and they were a husband and a wife. And we see right here, that, uh, you know, marriage uh, in God's eyes is intended for a man and a woman, not for a man and a man, not for a woman and a woman, but for a man and a woman. That's what marriage in God's eyes is intended for. Uh, and uh, notice God blessed them, the man and the woman, the husband and the wife. And he said that he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill or replenish the earth. So right there, you see again that God made a man. He made a woman. They were husband and wife, Adam and Eve. And then he tells them to be fruitful and multiply, which indicates sexual relations between the man and the woman as a husband and a wife, and he tells them to fill the earth or to populate the earth. Okay, And that, of course, happens through sexual relations. But the sexual relations is for a husband and a wife, a man and a woman as a husband and a wife. So there you see the will of God in creation. That's the way he started things out. Uh, and, and his will, a man and a woman as a husband and a wife, and that has never changed. Okay. And did you ever think about this? Uh, homosexuals cannot replenish or fill the earth because they cannot procreate. Okay. A man cannot procreate with a man. A woman cannot procreate with a woman. There has to be a male and a female to do that. So you can clearly see when God says to the man and the woman, to Adam and Eve as a husband and a wife, to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, he's you know that's that's sexual relations as I said, but it's for a man and a woman as a husband and a wife, and and homosexuals cannot reproduce. So you see the will of God right there. Now, if you go to to, to the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter thirteen and verse four. The Bible says this marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, the bed undefiled. Uh, what does that mean? That's saying that God honors marriage, and that when you have a man and a woman as a husband and a wife, uh the 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 the, the, the bed is undefiled. That means that sexual relations are perfectly and wonderfully fine between a man and a woman as a husband and a wife. And God wants the, the, the man, the husband, to wonderfully fulfill the woman's sexual needs and the woman to wonderfully fulfill the man's, the husband's sexual needs. Uh, remember, God, I like to say it this way, God's wedding present to a, a man and a woman as a husband and a wife is sex and 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 sexual relations are good are wonderful are wonderful are pure and holy and uh and, and God's complete and total blessing is on a man and a woman as a husband and a wife his blessing is on that his blessing is on their sexual relations uh uh God wants a man and a woman as a husband and a wife to have a very fulfilled and fruitful and wonderful, uh, uh, sexual life. Uh, God created sex. Uh, you know, uh, the devil is the one who has perverted it, you know, and, and, and you need to realize this, that, you know, God does not just intend sex for, uh, procreation. But if you read the Song of Solomon, you can see there that God wants a husband and a wife to have more in sex than just procreation. He wants them to have a wonderful time. God is not against sex. He is all for it. He's the one that created it. But again, it's the devil is the one that has uh, perverted it. And then, you know, somebody says, well, Pastor Terry, why would a preacher like yourself be teaching on this subject why would, why would you be teaching on it? Hey, preachers need to be teaching on this. You know, because, uh, you know, because a lot of people, you know, Christians, you bring up the the word sex and, ooh, you shouldn't talk about that. Well, if we don't talk about it as ministers, then the world's going to hear about it from, from, you know, from the television and so forth. And you know, they're all messed up or Hollywood and they're all messed up. So we as ministers need to tell You what the word of God has to say about sex. And God is all for sex between a man and a woman as a husband and a wife. Okay? And he says right here that that marriage is honorable and that the bed is undefiled. Uh, That means that sex is all systems go for a man and a woman as a husband and a wife and has God's complete and total blessing and endorsement upon it. It's his wedding present to a man and a woman as a husband and a wife. But we'll see if you, get, if you get sex outside of a man and a woman as a husband and a wife, now you've got all kinds of problems, as we'll see. And we're going to see it right here. Look at the end of that verse. But fornicators and adulterers God will judge. So think about that. Marriage between a man and a woman. You notice I'm repeating, I want to drive this point home. Marriage is for a man and a woman as a husband and a wife. And it's honorable before God and the the bed, the sexual relations. Yes, it's for procreation, also for enjoyment. Uh, That's what sex is for. It's God's wedding present to the married couple. And it's undefiled. It's wonderful. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge And, you know, adultery, somebody says, well, what is adultery? Well, adultery is a married person having sex with a person that they're not married to. And fornication is sex among those who are not married. So if you've got two single people that are having sex and they're not, you know, they're not married, they're single, God calls that fornication. And if you have a a married person who's having sex with someone that they're not married to, well then that's adultery. And uh, it's interesting this this word fornicator it comes from the Greek word pornea from which we get our English word pornography. It's interesting. Um, and so notice what the Bible says here in Hebrews 13: four fornicators. And adulterers, and I just told you what, what adultery and fornication is, says God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Now, that's what the Bible says. Now, somebody might come in there and say, well, Pastor Terry, it didn't say anything there really technically about homosexuality. Well, let's go to Leviticus. and We'll start in the Old Testament, work our way to the New Let's look at Leviticus 18.22. Leviticus 18.22. New King James Version says, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Now think about that. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. What did God just say there? He just said that homosexuality, Uh, is an abomination. Now, it's interesting, somebody said one time, and a lot of people say this, you know, uh, homosexuals will say this a lot. They'll say, well, God just made me this way. But you need to realize, and you see it there in, in, in the creation, which we just talked about, God didn't make anyone a homosexual. You know, a homosexual, God, or a lesbian, God didn't make anybody that way. Listen, God would never make you something that is an abomination to him. Okay? Uh, and, and I'm going to show you here as we go where homosexuality really, what it comes out of. But, uh, uh, but, but God would never make someone something that is an abomination to, to him. Okay. So, homosexuality is an abomination to God. He would not make someone a, a, a homosexual, a lesbian, you know. Uh he he wouldn't make someone that, uh, you know, because that's an abomination to him. He wouldn't make someone something that is an abomination to him, okay? Now, let's read this same verse Leviticus 18:22, New Living Translation will make it a little more clear to us. Do not practice homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman. It is a detestable sin. That's what the New Living Translation calls it. Uh, uh, So we see it's an abomination. New King James, New Living Translation says it's a detestable sin. Uh, If we read that same verse in the Living Bible, it says homosexuality is absolutely forbidden absolutely forbidden by God. It is an enormous sin. So so pretty powerful verses here. Now let's go, let's do go back over to the New Testament here. Uh, uh, Let's look at uh, Jude. Let's go to the New Testament. Jude, there's only one chapter, verse seven. I'm gonna read this in the New Living Translation. Says this, and don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah. <clears throat> now, you know, if you've studied anything about Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, it, it was a very evil place. And, uh, the, uh, major sin, now there were many sins going on there, but, but perhaps the major sin was the sin of, of homosexuality. And, uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah, and actually you can study in there and see that they were actually from my study of it it's it's pretty clear there there was even what's known as bestiality going on there sex with animals uh and and that's that's terribly i mean that's that that is strictly forbidden by God as well but uh, it was a very evil place but homosexuality was rampant in Sodom and Gomorrah and look at what Jude uh verse 7 says and don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. That's the New Living Translation. they Filled with, with uh, immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire. Think about that. By God, they were destroyed by fire and, and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Now you think about that. You see how God views homosexuality. I mean, remember when uh, the two angels who were in the male gender came in there to get Lot and his family out? And remember the men of Sodom came and, and they wanted to have sex with the two angels and Lot was forbidding it, you know, and he hid the two angels in his house and the men were beating on the door of his house and Lot said, Take my virgin daughters and have sex with them. And and the men of Sodom said no, they wanted those two angels. They were in the, the male gender. You know, angels are in male gender. And and they wanted to have sex with those male angels. And and I I mean and of course, you know, the, the men of the city were blinded and 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 Lot and his family got out and all of that. But but the thing I want you to see is there was homosexuality going on there. And, uh, and God, God destroyed it and, and with fire and brimstone. So you see, you know, and I want to make this clear, clear and I'll make it clear as we go more so, but God does not hate homosexuals. God loves homosexuals. What God hates is the sin of homosexuality and he wants homosexuals to repent and come out of that lifestyle, okay? And this will bear itself out more as we go. Look at Romans now, the first chapter. So actually, we just had one verse in the Old Testament on it. So a lot of times people say, "Well, yeah, homosexuality is you see some verses in the Old Testament, but you don't really ever see any in the New." Well, I beg to differ. I had one from the Old Testament, all the rest of these are from the New. So let's uh Let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 21, New Living Translation. says this, Yes, they knew God, but wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. Now, this is talking about fa- the fallen, fallen mankind, fall- the fallen world, okay? And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. This is Romans chapter 1, now verse 22 New Living Translation, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols uh, made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. This is talking about the state of fallen humanity. They traded the truth about God for a lie so they worship and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Verse 26. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. So there's lesbianism. And verse 27. And the men... Instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Now, you, if you've got your Bible there, you might want to underline that. Burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful, shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, this sin, see, God calls homosexuality not an alternative lifestyle. He calls it sin, an abomination. As a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. So you see, God has nothing good to say about homosexuality or or lesbianism. It's interesting, if you read this, verse 27 in the Amplified Classic Bible, let me read it and listen to this. And the men also turned from natural relations with women and were set ablaze burning out, consumed with lust for one another. There it is, lust for one another. Men committing shameful acts with men. It's talking about sexual relations and suffering. Now watch this. And suffering in their own bodies and personalities. The inevitable consequences and penalty of their wrongdoing and going astray, which was their fitting retribution. Now, you know, have you ever seen, you know, a, a, a man who, who's homosexual? And 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 so many uh men that are homosexuals, I wouldn't say all of them, but many of them that I've observed over the years, almost all of them, not all of them, but almost all of them, they begin to take on the personalities of a woman. And the way they act, the way they the way they move, the way they talk. <clears throat> And uh, and you see the same thing among women who are lesbians. They, they begin to, you know, start acting like a man and looking like a man. And men, homosexuals, you know, start looking like women and talking, you know, sounding like women. And, and, and vice versa with the women who are lesbians, they start sounding like men and looking like men. It, it's a spiritual thing. <clears throat> it's a spiritual thing. And they suffer in their own bodies and their personalities, their personalities, uh, begin to change. And, uh, uh, and in my study of it, there, there, there's a spirit, there's a demonic spirit that drives homosexuality and it cooperates and works within the lusts of human beings that, that give themselves over to that. And those, those, I've watched it over the years, those, those spirits will begin to, to work and change uh, homosexuals' personalities, the way they act, the way they talk. Uh, I know I've been in some situations where I've been in the spirit praying for the sick, and I've had homosexuals uh, uh, sometimes a time or two over the many years that have come up in the line. They weren't members of the church. They were visiting, but they came, and 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 we love them, and and... All of that. Don't misunderstand me, but get over in the spirit. You can smell that 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 homosexual that spirit, that evil spirit that drives that, that. That there's a stench and a stink to that, like I've never experienced in my life. Um, yeah, homosexuality, uh, men with men, women with women. It's 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 against God. God and, and God is against it, and because because you see it destroys. The people that get involved with it, I think if you look at the statistics uh among homosexuals, homosexuals i don 't have those in front of me, but I remember studying them years ago a lot of them don't live out their lives of course there's all kinds of sickness and disease that's that's that 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 they open themselves up to and um, and, and and all of that but uh but the point I was trying to make here the Bible says that their personalities. Will, will change and, and I've seen that. Uh I've watched that over the years. Um, uh, it, it says it right here. I'll read it again. It says uh their their personalities, uh their bodies and personalities, uh, just putting in my own words, uh get get twisted or changed. And you can see that. Now you know I talked about what drives homosexuality I mentioned I talked about demonic power certainly, but notice here in Galatians 5 verse 19, I, I, I talked to you about lust. Listen to this. Galatians five nineteen. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, and we already talked about that. Uncleanness and lewdness. And as you study into those words, uncleanness and lewdness, they they, they, they mean homosexuality. You know, other things we could say, but that's primarily what those words mean. And look, I don't want to just pick on homosexuals here tonight. And I'm not picking on anybody. I shouldn't have used the word pick. I'm not picking on anybody, but I don't want to pick on anybody. I'm not going to pick on anybody. You know, but we're, we're centering in on homosexuality here this evening, but adultery, is sin that's that's a man and a woman that would have sex with someone that they're not married to so you're a married man having sex with someone that he's not married to that's sin also uh, adultery you know fornication unmarried people having sex you know that's sin too let's just make that clear uh but but like i said i'm centering in on homosexuality here this evening uh, but notice works of the flesh you see, God does not make homosexuals homosexuals, but homosexuals become homosexuals because uh, uh, they, of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the flesh. And, uh, uh, and that's, that's what drives it. And then you get demonic power in many instances involved. And it's, it's just, it's just, it's just not good. But, but I, but I wanted to just reiterate that, you know, yes, homosexuality is sin, but so is adultery, so is fornication, and, by the way, so is, let's read verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, or witchcraft, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. See, one thing... That I'll, I will not do is I will not just pick on homosexuality and leave all these other things unmentioned because that's what happens a lot of times. And homosexuals unfortunately do get beat up, you know, and by, 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 a lot of times by gossiping Christians or Christians who can't control their tempers and, and, and they can't control their tempers, you know, but nothing's ever said about that, but we're going to beat the homosexual over the head. Hey, we've got to be fair here with all of this. And in that list, hey, I see envy. I see murder. I see drunkenness. I see revelries. I see outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. I mean, we, we should not just pick on the homosexuals. Come on now. We've got to be fair. There's a whole lot of other things in that list also. And note, so, so let's be fair here. But I am centering in on homosexuality here this evening. I just don't want some gossiping Christian with a tongue so sharp they could trim a hedge with it, beating a homosexual over the head with the scripture, and uh, that gossiping Christian goes left unchecked or unchallenged. See, I, I, we got to have to be fair about all this. You understand. And I think anybody that has the Spirit of God within them, would uh, appreciate the things i just said we've got to be fair here uh it, it's none of it's good okay uh, i just don't want to see a gossiping backbiting lying christian beat up on a homosexual you know okay enough said on that but here's the point all these things in this list see so 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 homosexuality and these other things come from by the way there are demonic powers that drive gossiping too Come on now, and lying and all these other things. So let's don't just lay the demonic power, all of it off at the doorstep of the homosexuals, okay? Uh, but there's witchcraft here in this list. There's outbursts of wrath. I mean, okay, so you get it, all right? But notice here, none of this is good. And uh, and notice what the Bible says. Those, verse 21, Galatians 5, 21, those who practice, Such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you know, that word fornication, I had mentioned it earlier about, you know, it's a Greek word pornea, we get pornography from from it. And people have have said to me over the years, you know, different ones, just a few, just a few over the years. Well, Pastor Terry, I don't do any of those things, you know. I'm not a homosexual, a homosexual. I'm, you know, you know, I'm 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 not a fornicator, I'm not an idolater, but you know, is there anything wrong with watching pornography? Well, yes, there is. And uh and then they'll say, "Well, give me scripture for that." And, you know, well, you know, Jesus talked about if, if a, if a, if a man looked upon a woman to lust after her, he had already committed adultery with her in his heart. So there's a, a scripture against pornography. Um, but, uh, uh, let me, let me give you another one here in Romans. Let's re, keep right reading here in Romans one. Let's pick up in verse 20, 28 here. Uh, I took a little side journey over to Galatians five to cover the works of the flesh or the lust of the flesh. So homosexuality then it comes out of the lust of the flesh. And then oftentimes you get demonic power involved and it's just it's a mess. But God didn't make anybody homosexual. It's it's driven or comes out, originates in the lust of the flesh. Okay? Now notice here though, let's go back over to Romans 1 for scripture on pornography. Uh verse 28 and verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, this is talking about fallen humanity. God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. This is talking about people who know about God. Okay, they know about God. They know these things that we've talked about. Homosexuality, adultery, fornication, all these things. They know that it's wrong. They, the Bible says, we read it earlier in Romans, they, 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 they knew God. Doesn't mean they knew him intimately, they knew about him. And, and they knew these things were wrong. And notice here in verse 28 of Romans 1, New, New Living Translation, they did not like, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. See, they they know, they know that God's against these things, but they don't want to retain him, retain him in their knowledge. They want to put that out of their mind, so it, it, uh, it relieves that condemnation, you see. But notice here, we can't put God out of our minds because we have to deal with him and reckon with him okay and uh and, and judgment day is coming so we none of us are going to escape having to face god okay and how we've lived and notice even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to the base mind uh, actually that means a mind void of judgment and to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, whispers, backbiters. See, these backbiters, whispers, talebearers, gossips are all included right in there with the homosexuals, okay? Let's don't ever forget that haters of God, um, violent, proud boasters. I, I do need to say this and I'm not going to get into it very deeply at all. I just want to mention it. I heard an excellent minister preach years ago and he taught a message that sexual sins are worse than others. And, uh, because you've heard people say, well, all sin is the same. And, 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 you know, he preached this message about, uh, you know, uh, sexual sins, I think it was Jack Hayford, excellent minister. And, and, and he, he, you know, our, our, he, the premise was that sexual sins are worse than others. And at first, when I heard him say that, I, I was much younger then. I thought, I thought all sin was, was the same. But I went and, and I'm not going to get into it here this evening, but I think you can, can, there's some verses in the Bible, uh, I think in 1 Corinthians, actually, I think, uh, where it talks about, you know, Sins that people commit are outside the body, but when someone commits sexual sin, it's a sin against his own body. So, so yes, uh, uh, sexual sins, I, I, they are worse than others. And uh, and, and I, I just don't have the time to get into that, so that'd be a good study for you to, to look at. Uh, but you realize that some sins are worse than others because if you look at the, the judgment of God, there are levels of his judgment. Just like on the positive side, there's levels of his blessing. So that'd be a good study for you to get into sometime. But let's get back to the point here. Listing all these things, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Well, there's another one on the list. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Now watch this about pornography now. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things... You know, for the point here tonight, we're talking about sexual sin. Those who, so who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Watch this now. This is Romans 1, 32. Those who practice such things. Let me read again. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So if, if, if someone watches pornography and, and they say, well, I would never do that myself. But when you're watching the pornography, you're approving of those people who are doing those, those vile things. Okay. So there's a verse right there that, that condemns pornography. Romans one thirty two, Cause if someone watches pornography, they're approving of those people who are doing those vile things on the, on, on the, on, on a video and uh and those who practice such things the sexual sin worthy of death and not only do the same but but approve of those who practice them wow it's very serious isn't it very serious now let's see i've got when i go into the camera like that i'm looking at the time so i've got a little time here i got a little clock there on my on my on my phone where i'm taping this um so let's go to the Corinthians. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, talking about uh homosexuality. You know, the Corinthians were messed up sexually. They really were. They had adultery going on there in Corinth, fornication, homosexuality. But you know, the Apostle Paul came through there and whatnot, and many got saved and uh and had come out of, of that sinful lifestyle of the sexual sin. And I, I want to emphasize this when, when when a homosexual gets saved. Now we can talk about adulterers and fornicators, but we're, we're centering in tonight on homosexuality. When a homosexual gets saved, thank God for it. They've got to come out of that lifestyle. There's just no way you can stay in that lifestyle. It, you just can't. It's totally against the word of God. You know, um, uh, I, I actually talked one time to, to a a, per, a person. He was a pastor of a homosexual church. And I mean, when, when he began telling me, I started talking to him. And then he said, you know, everything was going along real good. And then all of a sudden he said that his church was composed of homosexuals. Now, now look, look, listen. I want homosexuals to come to Summit Church, but when they come, I'm going to lovingly share the word of God with them, like a message like this, and, and guys are going to do one of two things. They're going to get saved and come out of that lifestyle, or they're going to get angry with me and leave, they're, you know, but but I was talking to this pastor, and all of a sudden, he, he said he was, he was was he was homosexual, and he had his whole congregation was homosexual, and And, and I, I said, oh my gosh, I said, but that's totally against the word of God. And, and he just, he just balked at me and said, oh no, you know, and, and I shared these scripts, some of these scriptures with him and, oh no, no. See, there's a deception that falls upon, upon, uh, homosexuals and, and they, 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 they just, they're deceived. But, but you, you know, can you be a Christian and a homosexual, a practicing homosexual at the same time? I say no. I, 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 I say no. Just, I, just, no. So when a homosexual gets saved, they've gotta come out of that sin. Just like when an adulterer gets saved or a fornicator gets saved, they've gotta come out of that sin. You know? Uh, it's like we've had some folks come to our church over the years, they were not married, uh, but they were living together. And so, but yet they, you know, they, Wanted to, you know, serve in the church or whatnot, and I tell him, I say, look, you're welcome to come here, welcome to attend here, but you, you know, you have to do one of two things before you can serve here in the church: You either have to can't live together, get go get your own places to live, and all of that, no no sexual relation, or get married. You know, I mean, that's in line with the scripture, but a homosexual, a, a church of homosexuals, totally against the word of God. You get what I'm saying? I'm not talking about a homosexual coming to church and, uh, and, and sitting there totally welcome at Summit Church, but they sit under my teaching of the Word long enough. It's not, it's not me. It's the teaching of the Word long enough. They're gonna, you know, like I say, everybody welcome, but nobody comfortable until they're living in line with the Word of God. That includes me too. So if a homosexual comes to Summit Church, they're, they're not gonna be comfortable, you know. With that sin in their life, so they're, they're either gonna get saved and come out of that sin or they're gonna, you know, <laughs> not like me or really not liking the word of God and leave. You see what I'm saying? But I'm talking to this guy and he's a pastor of a homosexual church. There is, there is a, it doesn't exist. You can't have a homosexual church. Not a, not a, not, not, not I mean, it's perplexing, not, uh, you can't have a homosexual church, a church of homosexuals, practicing homosexuals, and everything is hunky-dory, and think that God's endorsement and blessing is on that. No. No. A million times no. Okay? But, uh, but he was totally deceived. So what I'm saying is when a homosexual gets saved, they've got to come out of that sin. That's what happened in Corinth. They, it was totally messed up sexually. A lot of them got saved, and they'd come out of the, out of the sin. It's interesting in 1 Corinthians 5, there's a man there, who was living with his mother-in-law and uh uh, and i'm sorry not (laughs) mother-in-law i didn't mean that stepmother it was a stepmother. i should have said mother-in-law stepmother and uh i don't know i don't know i shouldn't be laughing at a time like this i don't know how how many people (laughs) want to want to be living with their mother-in-law sorry I'm not going to turn this off and go back and tape the whole thing over. Okay. So I didn't mean that. I meant it wasn't his mother-in-law. It was, uh, well, you know, you have to have a little humor, I guess, on a, such a serious subject as this. But, um, but he was having sex with his stepmother. Okay. Not his mother-in-law, stepmother. And, uh, and it was a very serious thing. And the apostle Paul dealt with this situation very sternly. You can see that in 1 Corinthians five, but yet, if you read 2 Corinthians chapter two, when Paul was dealing with this situation of this man living with his his stepmother, he had tears in his in his eyes as he was writing the letter. You need to understand how God looks at homosexuals and 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 people who are messed up in sin. He he doesn't look at them with you know anger burning. You know he looks at him with a broken heart. Wants them to come out of that sin. Now if they won't, then there's there is the fire and the brimstone. Absolutely. You know, like we saw in Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, so um, you know, but uh uh but Paul wrote concerning this man that was living with his stepmom and he dealt with him sternly, told the church leaders to deal with him sternly because they hadn't been. He told them to, and the guy was put out of the church. But it's interesting, if you read 2 Corinthians, again, the second chapter, this man repented, Paul said, forgive him, let him back in the church, and all of that. So see, there's forgiveness for sin, even for Christians who fall into sin. You know, if you're out there listening, and you're a Christian, you believe on the Lord Jesus, and you're you're not practicing a sinful lifestyle, but you mess up in an area, a sexual area, whether it's heterosexual, homosexual, hey, you repent of that. And and God will forgive you, and, and 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 he'll forgive you, and you move right on down the road. Okay, but anyway, I, I wanted to say that to get to one Corinthians, fifth chapter, the ninth verse, and uh, notice what Paul says. He says, "I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people." Well, that's sobering right there, isn't it? And then he says, "Yet certainly, I did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world." Or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, since then you'd need to go out of the world. Well, if we we weren't going to, you know, have anything to do with anybody that's messed up, we'd have to leave the planet, wouldn't we? Because there's a lot of messed up people out there. But he said, now I've written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, covetous, idolater, reviler, drunkard, or extortioner, not even to eat with such a person you see how serious this, this issue is? Now, he mentioned other sins there as well, but again, we're centering in on the, on the sexual sin. This was a guy here uh, who was living with his stepmother, and uh, uh, the Apostle Paul said, hey, you know, uh, look, there's sexually immoral people in the world, and he's saying here, hey, we need, as Christians, we need to be lights to those people. We need to minister to those people. We need to... Yes, you know, sit down with a homosexual and have dinner with them and, 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 and love on them with the love of the Lord. That doesn't mean we run with them. That doesn't mean we, you know, uh, always with them all the time. But he's saying here in verse 10 that we need to, you know, if we don't ever associate with, with anybody that's sinful, we'd have to leave the planet. You know, we need, we're, we're called to preach the gospel. So we, we do that. But what he's also saying here is that if anyone's named a brother, Someone calls himself a Christian and they're practicing. I didn't say, and Paul didn't say just messed up or goofed up here or there, you know, messed up, blundered. But living a, practicing a lifestyle like this guy was up at the top of this chapter, he says, don't even eat with such a person. So if there's a Christian that, that, that you know they're a Christian, but but you also know that they're dabbling in sexual sin or even these other things, certainly, bible says right here not to even eat with such a person i mean look this doesn't get talked about much but it should it's in the bible it's sobering stuff it's serious stuff people we shouldn't even go out to eat with there's you know sin in their lives and of course look look, covetous idolater is there anybody that you know as a christian that there are things more important to them than god Wow, not even to eat with such a person? Wow, the, the, this verse 11 right here, 1 Corinthians 5, 11, ought to be enough to sober all of us up. <laughs> to live right. Live holy. But you see the seriousness as the way God sees uh, sexual sin. Now look at 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Listen to this. Paul writes and he says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. That's another way of saying homosexuality. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Think about that. Wow. It says that these folk will not inherit the kingdom of God. And homosexuals, adulterers, fornicators are on that list. Now look at Ephesians 5. Remember 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. I'm going to come back to it here as I close here in just a minute. Look at Ephesians 5, uh, verse 3. This is written to the uh, church in Ephesus. New Living Translation here. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, and that that means uh, that connotation there is sexual impurity in any form, or greed among you. Let there be no sexual immorality, or greed among you, Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral or impure, see there's the sexual sins there, there's homosexuality, adultery, fornication. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ. And of God, that is sober and talk right there, isn't it? For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fo- now. Watch this. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. See, we have that all around us here to the, here today in the United States, telling us that oh, well, homosexuality is 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 not really so bad, and the, in fact, the United States has even approved. Same-sex marriage is my goodness gracious. Should not ought to be. But you see, we it's so easy to be deceived. Paul keeps saying, the Holy Ghost through Paul keeps saying again and again, don't be deceived, don't be deceived, don't be deceived. Those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mentioned that church full of homosexuals a while ago and that homosexual pastor. The Bible says they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But yet when I told them that, see they're deceived so i guess all we can do is just pull down that spiritual blindness over their lives but even doing that if people want to be deceived there's i it's just something isn't it but look at the bible look at what it says these folk will not inherit the kingdom of god don't be fooled by those who excuse these sins for the anger of god will fall on all those who disobey him Don't participate in the things these people do. That's what the Bible says. Ephesians 5, 7, New Living Translation. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. Notice this. For the law was not intended for people who do what is right, is for people who are lawless and rebellious, who are ungodly and sinful, who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy, who kill their father or mother or commit other murders, the law is for people who are sexually immoral or who practice homosexuality or are slave traders. Well, there's sex trafficking. God's against that. Uh, he's also against slavery. Okay. And that's a whole nother message for a whole nother time. Uh, liars, promise breakers or who do anything else that contradicts the wholesome teaching. I mean, that is powerful stuff. 1 Timothy 1, verses 9 and 10, New Living Translation. Look at Revelation 21, verse 8, NIV. But the cowardly, now this is not, doesn't mean feeling fear. Uh, Abbott's Illustrated New Testament brings this out. Those who are afraid to encounter the dangers involved in service of God. So that's when it says cowardly there, because A lot of times people read that word cowardly or fearful and they'll think, oh my gosh, I've been afraid. Does this mean I'm going to get cut out of heaven? No, what this word cowardly or fearful means is those who are afraid to encounter the dangers involved in the service of God. Okay? Now listen, the cowardly, the unbelieving, those who do not have faith in Jesus Christ, okay? The vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, which includes, you know, fornication, adultery homosexuality, lesbianism, you know. Those who practice magic arts, that's witchcraft, the idolaters and all liars will have their place in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. That's the lake of fire. Sobering, isn't it? Look at Revelation 22, verse 14. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the, into the holy city of God. But outside are dogs, outside God's holy city, or we could say outside of heaven, we could say in hell, are dogs. Now, what does that mean? That's not talking about your pet that runs around the house and barks. Some Bible scholars say dogs here are those without a covenant with God. And I'd agree with that. That could mean that. False prophets could mean that. And some say it means homosexuals. And from my study of it, it could well mean that. So outside are dogs, outside of heaven, are dogs, outside the holy city, are dogs, I told you what that means, or likely means, and sorcerers, there's witchcraft, actually that word sorcerers, you could even make a case, drug abusers, and sexually immoral, and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie, see there's liars included right in there with homosexuals and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters. So I know some, I've known some lying Christians over the years. See, they don't get picked on. Usually it's usually the homosexual sins that get picked on and the sexual sins. But like I said, we've got to be fair across the board. A lot of times I've watched preachers that were, you know, 200 pounds overweight and were gluttons, you know, beaten, beaten, you know, sexually immoral people over the head. Well, I would say to such a preacher, go get your weight under control and, and get out of that sin of gluttony. Uh, like I had to do and 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 uh get your weight under control, like I had to do, you know, come on now, let's don't beat people up here, but you know I've watched you know preachers two hundred pounds beating folks over the head with the Bible, you know that they shouldn't do these wrong things while they've got the sin of gluttony in their life. Well, if you have the spirit of God in you, you'll appreciate what I just said there, okay, come on, you know. Uh, but look, uh, sexually immoral in the lake of fire outside the holy city. Something, isn't it? Well, look, let me, let me begin to close this here. First Corinthians 6 9. Now, we've already read this. All right. Do you not know that the unrighteous, now remember, Corinth was messed up sexually. A lot of the people had gotten saved there, came into the church, had to leave the, 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 sinful lifestyle of homosexuality and so forth and other things now watch this do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom kingdom of god do not be deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor homosexuals nor sodomites nor thieves or covetous, or drunkards or revilers or extortioners will inherit the kingdom of god now that now we stopped there a while ago but now i want to pick up verse 11 and such were some of you but you were washed you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God. Wow, that's powerful. He's saying Paul was saying you were some of those things when you were in the world, lost and undone without Christ, but you repented, and uh, uh, you repented of homosexuality, of all these other sexual sins that perhaps these people were in, of these other things listed, and you you repented, you turned from that lifestyle, you came out of it by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior, and the power of the living Christ broke the power of that homosexuality, broke the power of of any demonic power that's driving that homosexuality. Only the new birth can do that through faith in Christ. And it was broken in these people's lives. He said, such were some of you, but you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. I like the way uh Kenneth Wiest says it. He says it this way. He says, 1 Corinthians six eleven, and these things you were, talking to the, this this in Corinth, but this is talking to anybody that was in sin. Listen, well, here's how he says it. Boy, I get excited. And these things you were, Certain ones of you, but you bathe yourselves clean from sin in the fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Well, who is Emmanuel? The Old Testament. That's Emmanuel. That means God with us. That's talking about Jesus Christ. He says, these things you were, certain ones of you, but what things? Homosexuals, lesbians, fornicators, adulter- uh, idolaters, adulterers, all these things we've mentioned. You were this way. But you repented, you came out of that, and you washed yourself, you bathed yourself clean from sin in the fountain filled with blood drawn from the veins of the Lord Jesus Christ that he shed on Calvary's cross some 2,000 years ago. Glory to God, the blood of Jesus can wash away and does wash away all sin when we repent and call upon his name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You were set apart for God, but you were made righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Praise God forevermore. That's exciting. I tell you what, if you're out there and you're a Christian and you love the Lord and you're struggling in some area, whether it's pornography or you're struggling, maybe you've blundered in a sexual sin. Hey, hey, repent of it and and confess it before god first john 1 9 says that that if we'll confess our sins to him he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness that's what he's saying to christians so if you're out there listening and you're you're a rank sinner and and you're in homosexuality or whatever else repent call on jesus Call on his name, receive him, and his blood will wash all that sin away. He'll turn you into a new creature. He'll, if you're out there and you're homosexual, he'll turn you into a holy saint that quick through the washing of his blood. He makes prostitutes pure. He makes harlots holy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. I tell you what. Praise God. Such were, I like, that's one of my most favorite verses in the Bible, and such were some of you, but you're washed, you're sanctified, justified, declared righteous in the name of the Lord by the Spirit of our God when you call on the name of Jesus. Hey, let's leave you with this. John 8. Remember John 8? John 8. That woman was brought to Jesus. She was taken in adultery in the very act. And the scribes, and the Pharisees, they threw that lady down, this is in John 8, threw that lady down in front of Jesus, you know. And uh, they were questioning him and so forth. I'm just going to sum it up in my own words because I'm almost out of time here. Um, and, and they wanted Jesus, you know, essentially to condemn her and all of that. They were trying to catch Jesus, you know, and, and I'm not going to get into all that, but here's what he said. So wonderful. He said to those people that were condemning this woman, Listen, he said, because these people were these religious people were condemning this woman. Uh, they for for this she was taken in adultery, right out of the bed of adultery, brought her down, drug her down, threw at Jesus' feet, and they were condemning her, trying to catch Jesus and trap him. You know, in a in 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 a, a theological thing, I'm not going to get into that. But there's the scene religious hypocrites beating the lady over the head have her at the foot of jesus this adulteress trying to catch jesus in theological issues and jesus looks at him and he says to them you who are without sin cast the first stone remember what they did they dropped all their rocks and they left You know, I learned a long time ago, because when I was younger, I I could take the word and beat some people over the head. You know what? I've I've dropped my rocks. (laughs) I've disarmed, you know, as far as being judgmental. Okay? I've disarmed. I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm going to lovingly tell people the truth. And he said, he that's without sin among you, cast the first stone. Okay? They all dropped their rocks and left. And then he said to this woman, he said, he said, neither do I condemn you. So whatever the sin is, if you're out there, you've been in homosexuality, I don't condemn you. I've just told you the truth, lovingly, as best as I could. And then he said to this woman, neither do I condemn you. And then he said, but go and sin no more. He did not condone her sin. He forgave her sin and told her to go and sin no more. Stop sinning. Stop doing it, okay? So that's how I wanted to leave this off with 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 this right here. I this was not meant to condemn anyone. This was just meant to enlighten. I, I and, and I want you to know that 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 you know that if there's homosexuals watching me, I love you. God loves you. But I want to call you to repent of that sin, turn away from it, and turn to Jesus. Call on Him. He'll wash you in his blood and make you holy and clean. And then go and sin no more. So neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. Okay, I trust this was a blessing, and I went a little bit long, but I trust it was worth it. Hey, God bless you, and I'll see you next time. Okay, bye-bye.